This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max. Thanks to Bastion Recruitment. Better conversation, stronger outcomes. Head to bastiongrp.com.au for your specialist recruiting needs in defence, engineering and construction. Coming straight out of the Melbourne United camp at the moment. Their camp has released that David Barlow was re-signed with Melbourne United on a one-year deal. There was something going on, obviously, after I saw that and we just spoke to Kevin Luke, Liam Santa Maria. Um, after he played that Ballarat game, Liam Santamaria, expert NBL commentator, analyst, joins me today to discuss all NBL off-season news heading into NBL 23. It's great to have you here, Liam. Thanks, Max. Great to be back. You're a superstar, so I'm happy to be speaking to you whenever we get the chance. Thanks, Liam. So I'd like to start off with the Illawarra Hawks. Mm. Now, they've had some interesting movements in the off-season. Justin Robinson coming in, obviously. Justinian Jessup leaves. Tyler Harvey obviously has to stay, even though the exit of, exodus of Brian Gorgian and Dory Kadahi leaving Illawarra. Um, do you think had Tyler Harvey not been on the deal that he's currently on at Illawarra, would have still stayed? That's uh, a good question. I'm fascinated as to why you started with Illawarra. I mean, there are so many different things to chat about the upcoming season. They're a very interesting case, aren't they? Because... Yeah. Um, I think they're the team across the league who's maybe taken the biggest backward step in terms of their team on paper. Now, will that show up on the floor? I I suspect it will. I'm a little worried about the Hawks coming into this season. Back-to-back years in the semifinals, both times a game away from a grand final, and then you lose the head coach, who's an enormous piece of all of that. That that um, makes the club, you know, one of the it's the biggest factor, if huge, or one of the biggest factors in a player signing yeah. to Illawarra. So you, I guess you you'd lose a lot of signings just with Brian Gorgian dropping off. There. Well, and as a result, they lost some really key pieces. Yeah, I mean those four guys in particular: uh, Tonius Cleveland, uh, Duop Reith, Justinian Jessup, and Xavier Rattan Mays. Now you might not have wanted to bring every single one of those guys back. Justinian Jessup was on the second year of a Next Stars deal. And, but Duop Reith in particular, elite Aussie, a boomer, like that's a guy who came there because of Brian Gorgian and then now is no longer on that roster. Would Tyler Harvey have re-signed? Maybe if the money was right. There's always a big factor. Mm. and um, uh, He obviously really enjoys playing in the NBL. Justin, uh, Justin Robinson's going to be fun. He's going to be really good. But what does the rest of their roster look like when they step out in NBL 23? I think that they're going to take a bit of a backward step from the last couple of years. So where do you see them positioning themselves on the ladder? Obviously, they've re- retained Sam Froling, who's one of their captains heading into this year. He's been a huge leader for the Boomers, not only in the Asia Cup, but the FIBA qualifiers um, window uh, here in Melbourne and also out in Bendigo. He's been you know, huge in that success alongside Dejan Vasilovic. Mm-hmm. How do you see him going forward as a leader at Illawarra? I mean, he's pretty much there. Him and, um, sorry, um, Tyler Harvey are their main star players. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, no, he's going to be huge. He's going to need to be huge for him, uh, Sam Froling. I'd like to see him take another leap, right? He was most improved player two seasons ago. I don't know, maybe that plateaued a little bit, that growth last season. Um, but he's turning into a really solid, you know, a, pro, a star, star player in this league. And um, if he can take another leap, that's going to be huge for them to be competitive. But nonetheless, despite the talent that he obviously is, Tyler Harvey, Justin Robinson, 
I, I don't think they've got enough to to genuinely contend for the playoffs this season. So I think that even with the playoffs window, yeah, even with it being play? a top six, I think they'll be on the outside looking in of of that and sort of fall somewhere in that bottom two. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Xavier Rather Mays before. Obviously, Dean Vickman wasn't happy with what and and he was being punished by Xavier Rather Mays when United did come <laughs> up against the Illawarra Hawks during the off season, out in the gong and out here down in Melbourne. Mm. How do you view that as an addition to Melbourne United? He underperformed, to say the least, last season at Illawarra. I've heard Corey Homicide-Williams make big statements saying, you know, this is his season, Mm. this is his time to perform, and he obviously Homicide thinks he's going to, you know, lift his game and be a star for Melbourne United. Mm. Uh, Look, I I I didn't think it was too bad last season in Illawarra. I mean, he was runner-up best six man uh, behind Shayili. Um, but that it was a bit of a, uh, uh, um, an interesting season. Sometimes that, that felt like Brian Gorgian was trying to get him to move the ball and Rattan Mays was trying to dance with it at times. And I'm not sure they ever quite found their sweet spot, but I like it for a pickup from Melbourne United because of course they lose Matthew Delvadova. You need someone to come in and take that short guy sort of role. Yeah. Well, they've got Shayili at point guard and I think, they look at Shaili and they go, we're more than comfortable starting him because, you know, he's an elite defensive player and he's just growing every year. And then they go, what we lacked in the playoffs last year was some scoring off the bench. You know, mm-hmm. Chris Golding goes down, who's going to fill it up? And then they just couldn't hit shots down the stretch in that playoff series against the Jack Jumpers. So I think they look at Ritan Mays and I don't know, maybe – Maybe they're thinking differently, but I suspect they'll see, look at him as a guy to share that point guard spot, but come off the bench behind Shaili and um, be their sort of primary scorer of that second unit. And I kind of like him in that role. What about Jordan Caroline um, coming into this Melbourne United side alongside Rajon Tucker too? They're two huge imports. Obviously, Melbourne United and Dean Vickman were very cautious in taking their time mm-hmm. and being very selective in selecting um Jordan Caroline and Rajon Tucker, they're huge guys who can who are gonna, you know, provide some huge highlights. I mean, you saw the Mitch Creek poster on Matthew Delavador, but that could be certainly something United look back to um with Rajon Tucker. Man, he's gonna put some guys on some posters, Rajon Tucker. I mm-hmm. mean, if so, if you ask me like who's your must watch player of this upcoming season, like there's some good names to talk about, big bangers in the league and Tyler Johnson if he gets going in in per, in Brisbane as well. But Rajan Tucker could deliver the dunk of the year any moment. Absolutely. And I can't wait to watch things happen in the Blitz as he as he throws down a couple of big dunks and kind of just gives everyone a taste of what's to come, a la Josh Adams last year, and he threw down that leaner from the free throw line mm-hmm. in the Blitz last season. So Rajan Tucker's a highlight. Can he also combine that with being like a highly effective and efficient offensive player? That's going to be interesting. He's going to be tough to keep off the free throw line. He's probably going to lead the league in free throw attempts with with how um, well he attacks the hoop. But the key for me is can he knock it down from long range? Now, we have some guys that come into this league who are elite imports. Yep. And whether or not they succeed in what they want to do depends on how well they shoot the ball. Scott Machado came over here and he was never a knockdown shooter. It was probably the thing that kept him out of the NBA. Shot 40% from three his first season and was runner-up in MVP. Yeah. Years before, and you may not remember this guy, Max, but we had a guy here, Scotty Wilberkin, out of the University of Florida, 
a very similar story. And teams were sitting off him, and it was a bit of a, he was trying to work that. And eventually, he started shooting the ball a bit better. Took the Taipans to the grand final series, and he was all NBL first team. And now he makes massive cash in Europe. So can Rage and Tucker work that out and shoot the ball at a at a high clip? Because if he can, people will not be able to handle him when he does his thing. Now Jordan Caroline on the flip side is a is a big body, strong guy, high energy, big motor. He's the Jack White replacement. So he's not going to be leaned on to kind of lead the league in scoring, but he needs to be a presence defensively, an energy guy, and essentially do for Melbourne what Jack White did for them last season. Well, that presence of what you mentioned defensively, but not only was Jack White a huge presence offensively, he was a massive Mm. presence offensively with the offensive rebounds. He provided the tip-in dunks, the tip-ins, the amount of pressure he would apply on defences and teams that were attacking him. I mean, we saw his spin moves, all the things that he could do. He was mm. an absolute highlight reel. With Jordan Caroline, do you think he can get those offensive boards um, and bring the same offensive heat as Jack White? Uh, he'll need to. He'll need to. Yeah, You know, he has the the tools for sure. Um, I think he's going to be a high-energy guy on the glass for sure. And um, if Dean Vickerman gives him the license to get after the offensive boards, then I think he could have that impact. Because Jack White was special in that regard. Some of those tip jams when he's all over those yeah, offensive absolutely. boards were were big momentum plays for Melbourne United. Um, again, will he be able to shoot it at a high clip? Because Jack White really improved in that regard over the last couple of seasons. And uh, that was key for, for Melbourne that he was, you know, had some confidence to let that thing fly as they're putting, you know, a lot of attention on guys like Chris Golding and others. So he's going to get looks from the perimeter if he can knock it down. Um, then, you know, that's going to be a huge boost for Melbourne this season. Then we get to Melbourne United, obviously, the aspect of Isaac Humphreys going in to replace JLA. It's a, it's a great signing for them. They've had some huge, all great signings for Melbourne United coming off the back of this offseason. Dean Vickerman, obviously, David Bullard being injected um, as an assistant coach and then obviously re-signing Back. just today, coming off a game in Ballarat where he absolutely dominated. He's looking in fine, fine form. I saw an NBL post today. Tom Brady took 40 days to <laughs> announce his return from retirement. You know, David Barr's just gone, give me give me that bro- protein shake. <laughs> uh, 16 days to come out ah, of retirement. I mean, I want to get to Isaac Humphreys, though. What what kind of impact can he have on this United side going up with our, our Ariel Huck-Porty? Mm. Um, I have limited confidence that Isaac Humphreys is going to have a big year. Because um, I'm not sure his knee is quite right. The season is right around the corner. He played some minutes in that Ballarat game. and In that game, who was it, against Brisbane in Ballarat? They got whacked. Um, And that was cool to see him back out on the basketball floor because he's had such a tough run with injuries. And Mm. he's worked hard to get in shape so that he can get signed by an NBL team and get back out on the floor. Great. But he didn't, but there was a lot of rust as you would imagine. But he also like, man, at the end of that game, like he was hobbling around and he didn't play against in the second game, I'm pretty sure against Brisbane mm-hmm. in that, in that preseason series. So it makes me start to feel like, I don't know, maybe that knee's not quite where it needs to be. So um, then do you start Isaac Humphries coming off the bench and have Ariel Huckporty as your main starting center? I would have been doing that anyway. Yeah. I think so. I think this is a huge year for Huckporty and, 
you know, he's he's ready. You know, he's fit and firing and bouncy. And Looks ready. like he can have the same impact as Joe Lawala Childers coming into his second or third year in well, the NBL. Well, that would be a main man. Imagine if he was top three in MVP voting, yep, like yep. JLA, all <laughs> NBL first team. That that would be, man, he'd be a, he'd be a lottery pick if he can get that done. Um, but I think certainly he should be the guy that starts. The question for me is, can Isaac Humphreys be there healthy enough to play that backup role on a regular basis, game in, game out, play 15, 20 minutes a night yeah. as the backup five. Now, if you can, man, that's a tough combination at center that they'll be, they'll be able to roll out there. But it, the early signs are that he's, it's going to take some time for him to get that knee right. Yeah, absolutely. And then what about David Barlow? He comes out of retirement. He's ripped. He's still in form, obviously. <laughs> I, I assume he's best mates with Brad Newley, who's over 40, still continuing on the legacy of his and he has in the NBL. What's that like to see those two come back again and play yet another season for Melbourne United? Well, it's a bit of a shock to see to see Barlow just uh, change his <laughs> mind a little bit here. I mean, yeah, like you said, he was looking. In... It was looking pretty comfy in the uh, coach's kit. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, but he was. You know, it was when we saw him out there in the game in Ballarat. I thought, oh, all right, well, he's you know he's he's ready to step out there. I thought we might see this, but mid-season as an injury replacement. Not a fully rostered player. Yeah. I knew that they were looking really closely at Lockie Barker for that mm-hmm. final contracted spot. And I thought, oh, it'll probably go in that direction. But um, they've decided, you know, to roll Dave back out there. And fair enough too, because, you know. Maybe with a, the flip a, of a coin. Yeah. I mean, as a guy who you're not necessarily relying on to play big minutes, but. Um, Just come on and have an impact. Yeah. I mean, could still shoot the ball at a high clip and. Um, you know, like he's an unbelievable shape. He's, he's always in for a, for a 40 shape. year old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then, you know, you combine that with the, just the, the kind of leadership that he kind of shows within that roster. Like you're a long time retired. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm telling you, you're a long time retired. So if you can eke out another year or so and the team and the coaching staff, everybody wants you in, in uniform, go for it. Yes. Then we get to the flip side of town, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Your Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. How do you see Not them? My Southeast Melbourne your, Phoenix. You, my man's. Your man's. Your man's. My man's Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. <laughs> so how do you think they they're going to go this NBL twenty three? Obviously, just missing out on playoffs. That playing rule comes into play. They finish fifth or sixth. They get that opportunity to compete in finals. Uh, they'll be in that for sure because they've got a lot of talent. Like they've got a lot of talent on that roster. Their starting lineup is nice. Mm. Right? Mitch Creek and Ryan Brockoff. And, you know, Rowdy was was trying to – was finding his form last season before he got hurt. He led the team in rebounds. He was third in scoring. And, you know, he wasn't lighting it up from long range like the Brian Brockoff of years ago, but he was an important contributor. And then, you know, three high-level imports, Gary Brown, Trey Kell, Alan Williams. That's a nice starting lineup on paper. Mm-hmm. The big question for Southeast Melbourne this season is how it all comes together. That's that's the big question for Melbourne United too, though. Do those three imports, new imports who come in, as well as Southeast Melbourne Phoenix's imports, can that team gel? Can they create that team chemistry to get them all the way? Sure, but they have a little extra benefit of the doubt because they've made the playoffs five straight years under Dean Vickerman. Mm -hmm. So that gives you a little bit of extra wiggle room in everyone's eyes, and certainly my eyes, to say... You know, like that. this is a team that, that generally just kind of gets it done in that regard. The Phoenix missed the playoffs in year one, make it in year two, almost make a grand final appearance, arguably almost win a championship. Yeah. But then a big drop off late last season. 
And so then they bring in three new imports who are all going to be key high minute guys. They're all going to be starters and they're going to need every one of those three guys to be as advertised. If they are, they'll be championship contenders. If they're not, well, then they're going to have some things to work out and and we'll see how it all plays out. But um, I like every one of those guys that they've brought in on paper. Can't wait to watch them in the blitz to begin this season to see how the chemistry is building and, uh, you know, if those all three of those guys are going to come in and be legit. So what about the Adelaide 36ers? They've bring in Robert Franks, Antonius Cleveland, huge guys in terms of the impact they can have on a side. It's looking to be a promising and exciting mm. season for the Adelaide 36ers. It's been all encapsulated in the off-season. It's been very well noticed people's predictions of how they're going to go, Mm -hmm. certainly in playoff contention, if not one of the grand final favourites. Ooh, okay. You're high on them. So what what did you think when it popped up on your phone in the off-season, Antonius Cleveland locked in, Robert Frank's a big maybe, and then bang, they get Robert Frank's done. What did you start thinking about Adelaide? When I saw Antonius Cleveland as the first signing, I thought, yeah, okay, this is this is this is starting off all right. And then you see Robert Franks come across from Brisbane. That's a huge surprise for me. I think the impact he had last season was significant for Brisbane, but not what they needed specifically from him. I think Adelaide and CJ Bruton to go out and target those two big guys. We know how good of he he is. In the NBL last year, obviously his first season, just let him get warmed up, let the players notice him from other teams. Yep. And then he comes in his second season and goes bang. <laughs> and <laughs> makes a huge explosion of players just wanting to come to the 36ers. Yeah. And look, some of that is definitely CJ. These guys saying, yeah, I want to come and play for you. Some of that is also the fact that ownership comes to the party yeah. and says, all right, you want that guy? He's going to cost this much? Okay, let's do it. Yeah. So you've got to you've got to make sure that you swing big in that regard, and they've done that, and I like it because they've finished seventh three straight years. Well, they've got a couple of big guys in the one point seven mil salary cap. Well, that's right. I mean, they've, they're, I mean, they're going to be they're paying some money this year, no doubt. Cleveland and Franks don't come cheap. Greg Randall uh, doesn't come cheap. Mitch McCarron's on a big contract, so uh, they're 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 coming to the party, and that's fine. That's good. That's what you need to do. You can't you can't um, win this thing without spending a bit of cash. It's yep. pro hoops. So that's cool. I like it from Grant Kelly, the owner. I like it from CJ Bruton. And I like the idea of bringing in some guys that have proven that they can do it at the NBL level. Mm-hmm. Because over the last few years, you think about uh, Tony Crocker and Dusty Hannes and Todd Withers and Donald Sloan, like they've missed on a number of the imports that they've brought in. Mm-hmm. Antonius Cleveland and Robert Franks, a proven NBL performers from what they did last season. Yeah, absolutely. And now the the question really, how does it all fit together? And is Craig Randall going to be everything that they need him to be in terms of a perimeter scorer? So if for those those questions are answered in favor of Adelaide as the season progresses, you're right. They're gonna they're loaded with talent and they're gonna be right in that championship mix. What about the Perth Wildcats? You get Brady Manick, Luke Travers goes to the Cavs. They send him back here. That's a huge help for Craig Hutchison, John Really, I know you went to the NBA Summer League. What was that like for you to be there, experience Usman Dieng, Dyson Daniels, Hugo Besson, Luke Travers, all playing for their respective NBA clubs, mm. and you get to have a chat with new head coach John Really. Yeah, it, w- it was really cool. I loved doing it. It was great to be back there. The other guy there you didn't mention is Jack Wyatt. 
Yes. Because right. anytime we go over and we cover a story of a guy who, when he arrives in Las Vegas, he's an NBL guy. And when the summer league wraps up, he's an NBA guy. That's so much fun. You know, yeah. we did that with Tory Craig a couple of years ago. And um, to have done that again this year with Jack White was was really, really cool. Especially when, you you know, you think back to his first game there of the Summer League and, you know, he'd played the, the, for the Boomers in that FIBA window, so he got to the camp late and he didn't play many minutes. He was really frustrated. You know, we put a mic on his mm -hmm. agent for their post-game chat and he really got a sense from Jack. He was like, man, uh, that, was, uh, that wasn't how I wanted it to be. And then to come out after those other, you know, in those other games after that and kick yeah. butt, get an NBA contract. So cool. And Travers was fun in that regard as well. Recently drafted, comes out in his first game with Jerry West on his jersey and flirts with a five-by-five, five, has six blocked shots, and everybody's starting to talk about Luke Travers around Thomas and Mack Center. Man, that was exciting. And he's got the Aussie mullet happening, <laughs> and he's got everyone loving it. He's got that Larry Bird look-alike yep, yep. thing happening, and the commentators are talking it up, and... Yeah, I mean, that's part of why he has that hair, right? Like, you got to try to find a, talk, a way to, yeah. to be a talking pointing to get noticed. And uh, he does that with the hair, but he also does it with his game, the steals, the blocks, the, the playmaking, and he's going to bring that for Perth again this season. So what about other NBA Summer League news? What was it like to see Dyson Daniels? And what, what was that first look you got of him like? Uh, well, it was a bummer is what it was mm -hmm. because it was a very similar situation to Josh Giddy Josh, the year yeah. before. Now, we weren't on the ground. For Josh, because the pandemic kept us at home, but we're, everyone was excited to see him roll out for the OKC Thunder, and he sprains his ankle in the first game, and the same thing happened with Dyson. So he looked good out there. He looked very comfortable. He's going to be really good and have a great NBA career, but as far as his first summer league experience was concerned, it was short-lived, and um, Not great. we didn't get a good long look at him. Yeah, absolutely. So then we get into the Tassie Jack jumpers who burst onto the scene in NBL 22 as you know, not necessarily championship favourites. They were looking towards bottom of the ladder. Scott Roth lifted the vibe and motive of that group, motivated the troops. Clint Steindl leading the way. Josh Bridget, Josh Adams obviously leaving the club now. Mm. They go out, get some good imports in and are looking strong again. So why, my question to you is, are the Tasmania Jack Jumpers still going to be a strong side? Is that just a jack out of the box or is that a scenario where they can keep pushing towards going forward and be in a similar situation to Melbourne United, make the playoffs, you know, a couple of consecutive years in a row? Yeah, really good question. I can't wait to see and find out because that's the idea, right? That's, that's the type of club you want to be is that we have consistent excellence. Yep. We are in the mix every year. That's the Perth Wildcats, 35 straight years in the playoffs. They're going to be back there this year after missing last year. That's Melbourne United right now. That's what Sydney are trying to become after being the champions last season. And that's what Scott Ross trying to build there in Tasmania. And man, was it effective in year one to, to be a top three defense, then find your offense over the course of the season, build a cauldron-like atmosphere on your home floor where your memberships sell out in 26 minutes and um, then make it all the way to the grand final, it could not have gone better. It's a tough competitive league and it's going to be really hard to back that up. Josh Adams was a key part of that down the stretch. I like Milton Doyle. He's going to be good. I like Rashad Kelly. He's going to be good. But the chemistry that they had last season was a beautiful thing and it doesn't change much to push that off kilter. That said... 
they're going to be a really tough beat every single time they step out on the floor. And they're two out of two from their preseason games against Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah, and part of that is the fact that they have great consistency from last season in their roster. They signed a lot of those guys, the locals, for multiple years. So, you know, the Sam McDaniels and the Matt Kenyons and Krizlovic uh, and all these kind of guys, Jack McVeigh, they've got all these guys rolling over from last season. So that's mm-hmm. going to help them. They play D. Scott Roth, if you don't play D, you can sit your butt at the end of the bench. And that's a recipe for success in the NBL. Now, with all these teams loading up over the offseason, will they have enough to, to do what they did last season where they just snuck into the playoff and then they made it to the grand final series? We'll see. It's going to be hard to do. But I guarantee you, with the way that they play and with how great a coach he is and the atmosphere they have down there in Tassie, they're going to be a tough beat every single time they step out on the floor. Even if you're not a basketball fan, you're not a basketball supporter, you're, you're not a sports supporter or a sports lover at all down in Tassie. Everyone, and I mean literally everyone, got behind the Tassie Jack Jumpers mm. in that playoff series. Every game was sold out in the grand final series. Every game was mm. sold out in the semi-final series. And the atmosphere was eccentric in that <laughs> semi-final series when they get that win over Melbourne United. Yeah. Mate, you can't get in that building. Like, it's impossible. You, 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 you can't buy a ticket unless you've got a media yeah. accreditation or you've... Yeah. It's impossible. And that what a great situation to have. Um, they, you know, Larry and, and, and the government down there, they renovated the building and they got it up to a really high standard for their inaugurals. Mate, they need to make it even bigger mm. because... There's not enough seats in that house. Yeah. They've done just a great job building up the brand... Year one was just a massive success, even though it didn't result in a championship. Might as well have, mm-hmm. for the way everyone felt about it. And uh, now they're just they're off and running as an organisation. Now we've got our question of the week, our Monday Distillery question of the week. High Spirits, Clear Minds, Monday Distillery award-winning non-alcoholic beverages. Head to mondaydistillery.com to purchase the drinks with all the spark of good and alcohol-free. Available at independent supermarkets, bottle shops, Dan Murphy's, 7-Eleven and Coles Local. Now, Liam, mm. our question of the week is from Arfi04 on Instagram. He commented, Liam, who do you think is going to have the biggest breakout year and is a must-have in NBL fantasy teams? Ooh, good question. Was it Alfie? Arfi. Arfi. Cool. Cool name. Uh, great question. My guy is Will McDowell-White. I'm driving the hype train for WMW this season. Um, and if, if Arfi enjoys playing NBL fantasy, he would know. You need guys who fill out the box score, not yeah. just guys who score a lot of points. Yep. Because, you know, like there's guys who score a lot of points, Chris Gold and Tyler Hart, but they don't necessarily make great fantasy players because you need the steals and you need the assists. And you need rebounds. the blocks, yeah. Hey, if you're a big guy, you need some blocks as well. Uh, I think Will McDowell-White's going to be a stash sheet stuffer this season. Um, the scoring might come and go. He's... They're talking about numbers over there in New Zealand for him to be going for this season of 16, 8, and 8 as averages, Max. Now, that's if he'll be one of the, you know, he'll be all NBL first team if he can hit those marks. Absolutely. He won't hit those marks. That's really difficult to do. But uh, if he can average 12 or 13 points and he can average six or seven rebounds a game and seven to eight assists a game, um, he's going to be huge for your fantasy team. He's going to be huge for the breakers, and they'll be right there in playoff contention. 
So, Arfie, you will get awarded and receive a four-pack of Monday Distillery non-alcoholic gin and tonics available in your local supermarket, Stan Murphy, 7-Eleven and Coles. Local, I will get in touch with you. We've got a couple of other questions in response to our question of the week. Luke Cooper. Who, Luke Cooper? Luke Cooper, you may know. Bang. Four, he's an absolute baller. He was a gun back in the day. He said, Liam, are you a fan of homicide sunglasses inside? <laughs> hey, I always find it a bit interesting because yeah. I don't have the sunglasses on and I can see everything beautiful in those, in those studios and uh, there's really not a lot of glare. But, hey, do I, do you. Corey, do you, baby? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's he's a you know trendsetter with his fashion. Aiden Hine asked, should Craig Randall come off the bench and start for Adelaide this season? Ah, uh, no, nah, he needs to start at least initially for sure. But it's an interesting question because I've spoken about this a fair bit over the last week or so. Right? Craig Randall and his shot selection is going to be really important that they mm-hmm. that that finds a little sweet spot that works for both him and the team. But, hey, they also have some nice guys that are going to be coming off the bench if he starts. Guys like Sunday Detch and Anthony Drimmick. So they've got some weapons there, and CJ will be, have some options to play around with his lineup. Now, Melbourne United, I've just seen this on my Instagram, literally just then, mm. have added Lachlan Barker mm-hmm. as an injury replacement and nominated him via Aldrin Ulrich for the 2022-2023 season. You mentioned him before, maybe yeah. taking up that fully rostered spot. So if someone goes down, obviously Lachlan Barker comes in. Now let's get on to the Brisbane Bullets. I was talking to Harry Frolling not too long ago mm. about his own personal game. He's dropped a bit of weight. Mm. His aim when he went to Illawarra under Brian Gorgian was to drop a little bit of weight, get himself in excellent shape and to have an impact. Mm-hmm. Now he's had a, he had an impact at Illawarra, mm. Sam McKinnon's obviously noticed that GM of the Brisbane Bullets and gone, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll get you back. Come on back. Come on back. And so Harry froling has gone and he said to me, I feel like I can have an impact. I'm yep. ready not to be the Harry Froling I was two years ago mm-hmm. and play minimal minutes and come off the bench. He goes, I want to work into that starting lineup. Mm. I want to have a huge impact on that side in terms of not only offensively, but defensively too. Mm-hmm. And I want to be one of the Brisbane Bullet stars. Love it. Um, it was a really big year for him last season because, man, I, if that had gone poorly, I don't know. Like he might have – I'm not sure if he would he'd have been in the league this season, to be totally honest. And that's crazy to say because he's so talented. But um, he'd bounced around, you know. He'd bounced around a couple of schools in college and he'd bounced around in his start of his pro career and there were question marks about how for real he was. So he goes down there at Illawarra and I thought he had a really good year. And then comes out NBA 1 South season this year with the Hobart Chargers and dominates. Plays great. And he's he is playing great in preseason. Calling that game in Ballarat, he was terrific. He was mm-hmm. nearly 20-10. and 10, but um, And he was just in his bag too, doing it at a highly efficient rate playing defense, as you say, and then setting guys up with his beautiful passing skills over the top. So uh, he's primed to have a, a, a really good season for Brisbane. And what's interesting is that um, they've got some injuries that they're dealing with in that front court. Aaron mm, Baines, absolutely. of course, it's you know he's coming back after a long time off the floor. He's already got an ankle injury that's holding him out right now. Tyrell Harrison's elbow is still causing him grief from the injury that he sustained in the surgery he had last season. So there's there's opportunity there for Harry, of course, to come in, play a big role and do some really good things, and I'm cheering for him. Now, the Brisbane Bullets, there was a lot of hype 
early on in the off season when it was stated that they were releasing a mark, they were having a press conference the next day to, um, for this media release, mm-hmm. and they were going. They had a marquee signing, mm. a marquee player signing. Everyone's thinking first thing to mind is Aaron Baines. Mm-hmm. So I I was in hysterics laughing. I didn't think it would be Aaron Baines. They, I, I personally I didn't think they'd sign him this early in the off season. They'd yep. hold off a bit, or Aaron Baines would hold off a bit mm-hmm. and wait. So everyone's thinking. It's Nathan. So it's sorry, Aaron Baines, right? And I sit. I watch the press conference. I watch the media releases, and it comes up on my feed, on my in my emails. And Marquee signing Nathan Sobey is re-signed. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was that was sort of like. And you see everyone going, "It's Aaron Baines." It's been speculated mm-hmm. for a couple of years. We knew the Brisbane Bullets were looking at him. And then when they finally snap him up, mm. it's great to see. It is. It's huge. It's great to have Bainesy in the league. And ready to go this season. And I watched him in that workout in Las Vegas when he sort of announced to the world and the basketball world, I'm back, I'm healthy, I'm on the floor, Look, have a look at how in shape I am and I'm ready to kind of be a veteran presence on your NBA roster. Mm-hmm. Now, that didn't work out, but there was a little part of me standing there in that gym, Impact Basketball in Vegas, thinking, well, maybe the NBL could be the next stop for Bainesy in his road to recovery. So I spoke to Chris Pongrass on air on the sidelines and said, geez, he'd look good in a Sydney Kings jersey. He said, mate, he'd look good in any NBL jersey, but he wants to make the NBA. In the end, he's here. He's with Brisbane. It's great. I, I saw some comments from some Brisbane fans around that announcement of Nathan Sobey. They were like, marquee player signing. You got us all excited. And then it was just Sobes. But I think that underappreciates the importance of, Nathan Sobey. of A, Nathan Sobey, and B, re-signing those kinds of guys. Right, like he's a free agent coming into the off season. Whoever snapped him up was getting a bargain of a deal. They sure were. So the challenge was for the Brisbane to keep him. So I think they're all on all their rights to make a big deal out of the fact that they re-signed Sobes. So now you got Sobe, you got Tyler Johnson, you got Devondrick Walker who looks really good in preseason right now. Is a good story, and you got the big banger up front. Um, And I also think there's some other guys on that roster who are going to have nice seasons. DJ Mitchell's going to be nice. Jason Kadee's coming in off a terrific NBL one season, and I think Tanner Krebs is ready to have a big year in the NBL as well. So the Bullets, if Bainesy, Johnson, and Sobey can get and stay healthy, they're going to be right in the mix. Absolutely. So I want to get into the City Kings NBL 22 champions. Xavier Cooks comes back, I've mm. noticed. Peter Hawley's top 20 picks. Where does Xavier Cook sit in your in your top five? Does he sit in that top five players oh, for you? Hundred percent, absolutely. Where did he, where did Hulls have him two? He had him at two. Yeah. yeah, fair enough too. I mean, Bryce had him at number one. I mean, he could have gone out on a limb there with with Cooks, but um, you know, Bryce is an absolute all time great of the league. Was runner up mm-hmm. MVP last season, led the league in scoring. But Cooks, in his own right, grand final MVP, ten straight double doubles to finish last season. And he powers the Sydney Kings to the championship despite Jalen Adams sitting on the sidelines with an injury. Uh, Great finish to the season last year. Um, He is an NBA-level player playing in the NBL. Mm -hmm. Goes over the NZNBL instead of going to Summer League. MVP, too easy. It it was no surprise, really. Just way too easy. (laughs) No surprise. Tom Vononovich won the NZNBL MVP a few years ago. So Yeah. And look, that's an improving league, but Xavier Cooks is one of the best players in the NBL, let alone the NZNBL. So he takes that out. I think he has a runway to becoming the MVP this season for the entire league. 
Now, he's going to be a double-double machine. Your man uh, who was asking about the fantasy squads, make mm-hmm. sure you got Xavier Cooks in your lineup because he's going to be a double-double machine again this season and he gets steals and dimes and blocks as well. The thing that will make the big difference for me is can he knock it down from outside? Yep. He did it in Germany before he came to the NBL, but then since he's played in in this league, it's been the one thing maybe holding him back from taking that leap to the association. Um, he's got some guys there, Kevin Lish, Daniel Kicker, guys working with him on the day-to-day on his stroke. If he can get confident with that and he can pick and pop every now and then and he can knock that thing down, forget about it. He's going to tear this league up. Absolutely. Then we get to the Cairns Taipans. They get Ben Air back. They get some marquee players back who are influential to that group. Obviously, they didn't have the season that Adam Ford would have hoped for last year. How do they look in the preseason and what what do they need to do in terms of their structure, not only their roster, but how they play? Okay. Well, first part of the question, how they look in the preseason, not sure. We haven't seen them at all yet. So I'm really and fascinated to watch them, yeah, over the next week or so at the Blitz. Uh, what do they need to do? They need to, they need to be one of the best, the, te- the league's best defensive teams. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think they have a lineup that's going to be like a brutish, grinded-out defensive squad like Tazzy is. Yep. What they need to be is a high-end. They have some length and activity on that roster. To Jim McCall... Um, Keanu Pinder, Bull Qual, mm-hmm. and they've brought in some other guys like DJ Hogue, who at 6'9", going to play some minutes at the three, has great length. Majuk Deng. They need to be a pressing, pressure, stealing, uh, turnover-creating machine at the defensive end that can generate high-octane offense, attack in transition to Jim McCall getting downhill, pitching out to shooters, and they've got guys like Mirko Jerick and Bull Quan, and Sam Wardenberg, these kind of guys on the arc. That's the type of style that they're going to need to put in place with the personnel that they have in order to be successful. So the New Zealand Breakers return home for the first time in two or three NBL seasons. Can you tell me about the significance for the New Zealand Breakers of returning home to New Zealand? Well, it's massive isn't it? I don't think any team in sports across the world has done it harder than them. No. Can you think, I mean, like to be away from, from home in last season, they did not play a single game in New Zealand. And that's just, you know, that's just unfair essentially. So it's been really, really rough as a result. They were stone motherless last on the standings Mm -hmm. last season because they were up against it and it was all just a bit too tough. So they've had a bit of a change. Dan Shamir out. He's understudy Modi Mayor at head coach. And they've had some big changes within the roster. A lot of guys that were on that squad last season are not there this year. But I like the group that they've put together. Um, I like, you know, I like them giving the keys to Will McDowell White. Barry Brown Jr. looks like he's going to be nice. Um, Derek Pardon is, a, is, a, is an energy, a ball of energy in the middle. And then uh, Jarrell Brantley is going to be key for them at the power forward position. Um, I like Rayon Repair the next day. He's going to be really fun. And I, I think from what I've been able to see a little bit here in the start of preseason, they're going to be tough to score on. Absolutely. The question is, will they score enough down the other end 
to put scoreboard pressure on teams and, and be tough to beat? That's going to be the question. Can Will McDowell-White put points on the board? Barry Brown Jr., Jarrell Brantley, can he be a guy who averages 15, 16 points a game in this league? So if they, I think they're going to be tough to score on, but the question is what they can get done offensively. What about the NBA this season? Obviously, Dyson Daniels may be out for the first half of the season. We've got Jock Landau, who's coming into the Phoenix Suns after, you know, a hell of a two days for him being traded mm-hmm. from the San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. to Atlanta and then obviously to where he is now at the Phoenix Suns, which mm-hmm. obviously shapes up really great in terms of how many minutes he's going to get there. Yeah, I hope so. That's my squad, the Suns. So it's nice to have him in the Valley of the Sun. Um, it's That's the business, man. Like, that's the business. And uh, he experienced a big time over that 48 hours. But he's arrived at a championship contending squad. CP3, Devin Booker, um, and DeAndre Ayton. And they got Tory Craig, former NBL guy. And now Jock Landau's in that mix as well. And what I'm excited about is those guys playing against Adelaide. In just Absolutely. A, not very long at all. I'm going to be courtside and, in, and taking that in. And um, it's going to be cool as, uh, we, you know, the Adelaide play against a couple of former NBL guys and then again do the same thing in OKC with Josh Giddy and Usman Jiang. Um, but how, yeah. How, I, just quickly, yeah. how big is that for Josh Giddy versus his old NBL side, which yeah. basically got him mm-hmm. to the NBA? So cool, isn't it? I mean, he was, he said something recently about how, like, he was just excited to potentially play any NBL team, but for it to be his old squad, yeah, uh, his one and done team where he tore it up and had a couple of triple doubles and, um, yeah, helped it launch his NBA career is very very cool. So I'm just hoping and praying that he's going to be able he's going to be out there on the floor because it would be well, imagine if it would be bittersweet. It would be so. Hopefully he's out there on the floor and Adelaide can can get a win. I mean, people think I'm crazy saying that, but... Well, we we saw Melbourne United go over in 2017 mm-hmm. and almost beat OKC. Mm-hmm. And they had Russell Westbrook, Camelo Anthony, superstars. Paul George, yeah. And there's been some other teams that have got close. Real close. Mm-hmm. I mean, New Zealand lost to Phoenix by five points one year. Um, Melbourne United were leading the Clippers at halftime. It was a single-digit game in the fourth quarter between Perth and Denver a few years back. So some teams have got close. And one year and one day, I just hope someone breaks through and that I'm courtside to watch it happen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Liam Santamaria, thanks for joining us on Sporting Max this week. It's been great to have you on. Cheers, man. Anytime. Thanks, Liam. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. Head over to sportingmax.com.au. Give us a follow on Instagram, sportingmax.podcast. Stay tuned for some more Sporting Max. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.